What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Ozone on a nice, toasty summer day in Koreatown, California. I am your host, Omar Miller. You can find me on Twitter and talk about things at Omar Miller. You can also find me on Instagram if you just want to look at my pretty face at Omar Benson Miller. And I'm here with my brother, my co-host, Terry Miller. The icons. The icons. Are you guys ready to rock? I want to talk about just one thing in particular to get it going. And what is and that? It's, it's not even, I don't even know how relevant it is, but I think it's completely relevant in, in all sports. I want to talk about drugs in sports. Drugs and doping is like... On what side of the ball, you know? Uh, you know what? Both. Mostly on the, the, the quote, performance enhancing side. Because we're looking at situations where... Over the past few weeks, like we talked about last week, we have Ricky Williams lobbying for weed just because, he, I mean, he's he a former it. athlete. Because right. At least he's passionate about it. <laughs> uh, but that's the weed. And actually, I could, I could think of a lot of positive benefits of the weed. But then we're looking at this other situation where you have now Tyson Fury, Brock Lesnar, John Jones, uh, who else? Le'Veon Bell. The list goes on and on the and on. The list goes on and on. And we're just talking about it for right now. Just think about this. Now, these guys are all testing positive for various either masking agents or actual uh, performance-enhancing drugs, yet there's and, no uniform policy. So, right. so look at this situation. How in the world is this fair? Last week we had on Shad Gaspard of Crime Time fame, and he was talking about how Brock Lesnar is you know, just a freak of nature and... Uh, how, you know, a lot of the stuff does have steroids in it. But uh, when you look at it and you say, okay, John Jones and Brock Lesnar both got popped for the same thing. Brock Lesnar's sitting pretty with a belt and a bunch of money. And, and no punishment. And, and and no punishment. And and he inflicted a lot of punishment on Mark Hunt. Right. And John Jones is at the crib. And John Jones's brother, right? Didn't John Jones' brother also test positive just recently? I'm not. No, I know John Jones' brother played fo uh, football, right? Chandler Jones, a monster, but I think no, there's not, an, it's, is it Chandler Chandler Jones? Is not, there's a there's another there's a, oh there's another Jones brother. I, I do believe. Oh, okay. I, let me. Yeah, I guess I should have checked that out before I uh, before I, I got that, on the air. But I know he has another brother that plays on the Ravens. Oh really? Yeah, the Jones yeah. family, sick. Wow. And I didn't think that Chandler Jones was one of the Chandler boys. Was one of the Jones boys? Boy, you stay away from them <laughs> Jones boys. Boy, them Jones boys. Boy. boy, you want problem? You remember them Jones boys? <laughs> they run you out the city. Wow, yeah, no, I thought you could hang out with them Jones boys. I thought Chandler was his brother. Maybe, uh, I don't know, Arthur Jones. <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is a Ronnie Jones. He actually sells incense at the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, so details on NFL suspending John Jones' brother for failed PED mm -hmm. test, Arthur Jones. And and now you're in a spot where it's, uh, you know, so so now you're saying... He's a he's a defensive lineman for the Colts, and now you're saying that he is he got suspended, uh, and John Bones Jones got suspended out of UFC 200, blah 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 blah, and then they replace him with Brock Lesnar, who's <laughs> probably a little bit even dirtier. <laughs> hey, dude, hold this for me. <laughs> no problem, dude. And so yeah, and so what is going on? Why is there no uniform punishment? What what do you think is the the obviously the culprit for juicing in general is to heal up quicker, 
is to win at whatever your competition is. It's to get an unfair advantage. Right, and I think that's the most enhancement that you can get out of these performance-enhancing drugs, per se, because, you know, it's just going to help you recover. You get right. injured. Most of them are in, uh, you know, what, physical co- you know, physical sports? Yeah. So you just need to be able to recover quick. Yeah. And, and But then that helps you to train more, to be able to be, you know, more tip-top when it actually comes time for the right the event. But what I'm saying is, is that since it's still rampant, everybody tries to act like it's not, but since it's still rampant, why can we have, how does it work that one guy gets one punishment and another guy doesn't? It's that same thing. Like, you know, you can read all over the internet about how Floyd Mayweather had samples that, that have tested dirty A samples and they don't even test his B sample. Right. Or that he was allowed to get IV drips before fights when other guys can't even get, you right, know, whatever. Or, or with his messed up hand and he gets, yeah, he gets know, the lidocaine the, shots in exactly. his hand so he doesn't feel, you know, the punishment the same way the other guy does. And I call it the Jordan rule, sort of, right? Oh, really? Yeah, because just like Jordan, you know, he had a special set of rules and looked like these guys who are at the pinnacle, they have a set of, you know, different set of standards. So basically you think it's like the strike zone. Like if you're pretty much (laughs) we watch it, we watch it all the time. You know, if if A-Rod or, you know, Derek Jeter in their prime took a pitch. You know, the umpire was like, well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't a strike. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't. It was right over the middle of the plate. Especially Jeter. But Jeter (laughs) took it. So it must be a ball. Yeah. Wow. I don't know, but at the same time, those guys, Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan, were actually the best. But you, why do you get it? It should be a blanket standard. I period. Agree. You know, everybody. How can you ever follow. get to be the best if you're always battling uphill against the best who have the different different set of rules? Yeah, you know, they get to do whatever they want to, and so. I mean, but Brock Lesnar, man, this is completely out of what Mark Hunt calls Brock Lesnar a fucking hypocrite for criticizing John Jones. And he's right. And he's right. Mark Hunt is absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it would, did, I just want to know because, okay, you don't get any discipline in the WWE. Totally understandable. Right. Everybody that's signed up in the WWE is doing whatever it is that they right. feel like is necessary to continue to do the high-flying act. And, and that's considered know, more entertainment than, than, than the actual, competitive. Yeah, competitive yes, you no know. doubt about it. Because it's scripted who's going to win and who's right. going to lose. Right. So that's that's like the Jerry Springer show. Now let me ask you this: If you let a couple of those guys just cut loose, who do you think would be the real champion of the WWE? Andre the Giant. Yeah, <laughs> who like could, who all could time. Beat, yeah, who could beat Andre the Giant? All time. Yeah, all time. You know, they said in that documentary that I watched when they showed uh, Bret Hart's dad breaking guys down in the basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mister Hart. I won't do it again. Please, sir. <laughs> that was an incredible documentary for anybody who hasn't heard it. I can't, you haven't seen it. I can't remember what it was called, but it was about Brett the Hitman Hart and how he learned how to wrestle. And his dad was no nonsense. Was a Vietnam veteran, I do believe, that was just like serious about joints. Romo, <laughs> Roman Greco wrestling, and he was about that manipulation in ways you didn't want it manipulated. Right. And uh, and in that, Hulk Hogan said, I think Hart might have said, Ventura said they were talking about how in in real life, the giant. Nobody had a chance against Andre the Giant. Right. He was too strong. The guy could pick up cars. Yeah, he could, could pick up cars. It, it, it's out of I hand. Mean, and what about his wine drinking adventures? I, I don't know about how that helps him in the uh, <laughs> in the, in the square circle. It the giant. But uh, <laughs> it was vodka, apparently. He was, a, you know, he's a... He's a big wine drinker, too, though. I yeah, thought they yeah, said yeah. he was like six. He is French. Uh, <laughs> why not uh, drink a little Bordeaux? Eh? Uh, you know what I'm saying? We can get a little drunk. Eh? <laughs> yep, no, but he. they said they... I remember reading about... It. Man, I wish Andre the Giant had an autobiography. I remember reading about it where they said that he had uh, that back surgery because he had really serious back problems. Mm-hmm. He had that back surgery, and the anesthesiologist was at a loss for what to do. 
They didn't know what to do. And they were like, how much do you usually need to drink to actually get drunk? He was like, I don't know, two, three-fifths of vodka. They were like, what? <laughs> so they basically let him self-medicate for the surgery. Pretty incredible. Yeah. And now, if he would have came in the ring on a performance enhancer, <laughs> you got problems on your hands. I don't think he needed any more testosterone. I, don't, I think he's good. I think he's good. As a matter of fact, I wonder if Andre the Giant has a thousand children running around. <laughs> he said so much just to get that big. Are you crazy? Get big. Get big. Anyways, uh, yeah, man, I just, I, you got to have some sort of blanket. I guess you don't. Actually, you don't. You know, and then you see guys like your man, Henry Mejia, somewhere in the world, Henry Mejia is, has the bitter beer face on because all he did was juice, just like everybody else, and he got because banned he from baseball for life. And he wanted life. to recover. And he wanted his closer spot, and, and Juris Familia <laughs> started dealing in the and closer spot for the Mets. you back there in the background. And you're upset about that. With the Scooby-Dooby-Doo shadow. And all of a sudden, it's all bad. <laughs> and I got away with it. And it wasn't for those kids. And that Mangy Mutt. That Mangy Mutt. Zoinks! <laughs> Gee, Scoob! That's a good shaggy! Thought you had practiced in the shaggy? You just got it. Just got it like that. Wow. Wow. You, you, you could have been the voice of Shaggy with that of one. Of course. That was a good one. I haven't even watched Scoob in decades. <laughs> the was voice is favorite. not the same anymore either. I know. I, I, that's why I don't watch it. I know. Just I like Fred Flintstone. Oh, it's totally different. Totally different. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> So that's, you know, I, it really bothers me. Most of it is in the world of fighting and boxing. And I tell you. When well, I think that it's going to be in basketball, too, once they finally start shining a light on there. I mean, I can't believe that these guys, all these guys, the athletes are definitely better than what they were. But I do believe that everybody uses something to recover. I mean, it's ridiculous to ask these guys not to do it. I mean, if I'm injured and I can come back quicker and everybody's competitive at that level, more than likely, if I can get away with it, it's like almost sex on the side. When guys have that opportunity, if they feel like they're going to get away with it, they're going to do it, right? On the side. Yeah, no. that, that <laughs> SP. <laughs> that side piece, right? Ah, many a man has gone down to the SP. Right. And I'm not talking about a short play for those of you <laughs> over 35 who remember what that 12-inch single was about. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, you know, staying in the boxing realm, it, the, the, the big fella, Deontay Wilder, even talked about it. Let's hear what Deontay had to say. To be honest, anybody get caught with any kind of steroids or PEDs or whatever, anything like metadonia and stuff, stuff that can really hurt somebody, I think that would be in jail. You know what I mean? Just imagine if I was on PEDs when I fought uh, uh, Spuka. Just imagine. Now, with God giving power, I thought I killed the man. And a lot of other people thought I killed him. I, re- I didn't even see this man breathe. His, his chest wasn't living. I didn't see his chest living until his, his, his girlfriend came in and he heard that name. It was just like Rocket when, when, when he heard his wife name. That's when I saw him came back to life. But imagine if I was on that. Now you're talking about something else serious. And then with, 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 with PDs, you in the fight game. We in a business where the head is not meant to be hit. You know, the body is not meant to be taking abuse. God didn't make our body to take abuse. He, he made our temple to be used in another form of fashion. Not to be hit on, but this is, we crazy because we the crazy people to, use, to step in the ring and allow our body to get hit like that. We choose to live our life like this. And for another fighter to put something in them and to make their body perform in something that is not naturally supposed to do, it's a murderer, man. It's a, it's a murderer, period. 
Deontay Wilder. The Bronze Bomber may have just become my most favorite boxer in the game with that interview. Yeah, but cut but to, they need to be in jail, man. <laughs> cut to six it's months. A matter of <laughs> cut to six months from now when he's trying to heal that that arm up. Ooh, yeah, but see, you know what though? I don't. I, the big fella. I mean, he's a big fella, and yeah. what you one of the things you learn when you're a big guy, you learn it early in life. You have to be very careful about. Hurting people, right? And I spoke not, to you about that personally. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, because I had a tendency to hurt people at a young age, and uh, and they, you know, uh, you look at this situation now. He's right. Yeah, just I'm, think I'm about on, this. I'm a murder case. Come on, man. Who got killed? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's saying if you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Can, at least can I get manslaughter? Oh, somebody's got to die to get a murder case. First and foremost. First and foremost. <laughs> But the murderer cha- just for taking it, man. Don't put that in your arm. You gonna catch <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> you murderer just for taking it. That's too far, man. It's too far. The bronze bomber, but that's how serious he is about PED. I see use. that, but why don't we just kick him out the league? <laughs> There's not enough. Not enough. <laughs> need to catch the case. <laughs> but see, the other side is is that you know he actually lost out because that guy Povetkin that he was supposed to go to Germany and fight uh, or Russia, one of them. He he has you know he he got tested dirty, mm-hmm. and who knows how many dudes he's been in the ring against who have tested dirty. Obviously, none of them have prevailed, right? Um, but because he's a superior athlete, because he's the superior athlete, um, he's a natural big man. I mean, but this is what makes these guys take that because if I'm going against the superior athlete or the natural big man, and if I actually don't have it. If I feel like I can even it up a little bit by getting on this stuff, I might try it, you know, because he's talking about a contact sport where somebody get murdered. Somebody can get murdered. You take steroid and that's happening. I mean, I think they need to go to jail for murder. (laughs) (laughs) Teontay Wilder, shout out to the Bronze Bomber. I hope his arm is healing up. Yeah, that's a terrible Uh, injury that he had. That was really, I mean, broke his hand and. And his bicep, right? Towards bicep. Yeah. Just goes to show. That's a lot of power, man. That's a lot of power. And that's a very hard head by Chris Ariola. Wow. Well, not really. He got crushed, didn't he? he I'm going to crush your skull. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, had that. But then, you know, we had another action going on in the fight game, at, at, which I thought was going to be a good fight, which didn't turn out to be a great yeah, fight, which really was Terrence, Terrence Crawford versus Victor Pistol. And uh, I mean, I had the fight by the end of the fight. It started off well. And he stuck to his script. I hate that that fight was on pay-per-view. I paid for it because I'm in the media and that's part of my job. But, uh, you know, Terrence Crawford fought the first two, three rounds where he was just basically trying to find the patterns of of, uh, Victor Pistol. And he found them and then he exploited them to the tune of a couple knockdowns and just punishment. Yeah, but you know what? I have a problem with Terrence Crawford, which is him carrying him. He could have took him out, I felt like it, and he carried him a little bit. I yeah. Feel, I feel like you got to get guys out of there, especially when you're talking about what's the up and coming, which is the Pacquiao joint. Well, and that's the big news is that Bob Arum saying Manny Pacquiao is coming out of retirement. But is it technically coming out of retirement when it, <laughs> it was just like two months ago when you said you were retired? Well, all you have to do is claim retirement. I claimed <laughs> no, I'm it. coming out. <laughs> coming out. I got a headline. I got a headline. And uh, I tell you what I thought was interesting about that. They're saying, just for anybody who doesn't know, they're saying that they, meaning Bob Arum, who promotes both fighters, is saying that Manny Pacquiao is going to fight this up-and-coming stud, Terrence Crawford, in his next fight at 140. Me, myself, I'm still taking Pac-Man uh, for a couple reasons. One, Terrence Crawford likes to get hit early on to determine what your pattern is going to be. And Pacquiao doesn't have a pattern. And beyond that, he's got that thump with him. Yeah. And I haven't seen he's many guys, orthodox. especially at 140. And that's what Terrence Crawford, in his defense, that's what he has going for him. 
is that he's unorthodox and he has that crazy. Uh, yeah, the, but at one forty, I feel like Manny Pacquiao right now would be naturally one forty as he gets older. You know, he's. I think that that's going to be not that difficult for him. No, uh, yeah, I think that you're saying you don't think the fight will be difficult for him. No, the weight and everything else. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, I think he was always more naturally around the one forty range. Mm-hmm. I think he had to push to get to the one forty sevens and you know so on. If you remember that time that he fought Margarito, it looked like he was t- Margarito looked like he was a heavyweight compared right. to him. Who, who was on the juice? Mm, juicer <laughs> alert. Yeah. So, but I, I feel like, uh, I feel like, I feel like I need to take an aspirin. <laughs> <I feel laughs> something like, wrong with your mic? <laughs> I feel like there could be something wrong with my mic. Uh, no, but I feel like, um, I feel like Manny still, from what we saw, Manny still looked like he had enough in the tank to. Well, you know what? The way that these guys take care of themselves nowadays, I've, you know, when you think about a fighter aging, even you look at Triple G, he's in his mid to late thirties. Now and I think that these fighters can last a lot longer than what they used to be able to last because before in history these guys would fight like what four times a year maybe five and now they fight maybe twice once yeah you know and th- that gives you longevity yeah it gives you a lot more time to recover but and I also think the other side um, with the situation with Manny is that he, he, one thing that he showed that he still had against Bradley is his ability to take a punch because he got hit hard by Bradley sure did. And his ability to dish it out. And his speed hadn't gone anywhere. And maybe the biggest, one of the biggest things of all, in my opinion, is Freddie Roach was actually the coach for Victor Pistol. So now he's already seen Terrence Crawford in the, you know, right in that capacity working at his, his optimum level. I think that there could be a. Uh, now let's play devil's advocate. Let's. What if Freddie Roach decided that he wanted to flip the script on Pacquiao, train him, and then tr- teach him the wrong things to fight against Terrence Crawford? I don't even want to play devil's ad. Why would he do that? Because Terrence Crawford is up and coming and Pacquiao is not. Uh, I think that's trafficking and, and rumor and what if. I don't really see what the – I don't get well, it. This is boxing, you know? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't Boxing's know about dirty. them. Boxing is dirty, but that guy's like a father figure. You're making a movie out of that. And, yeah, and like nice Deontay story, Wilder huh? just nice no, story. it's productible. And what Deontay <laughs> no, Wilder not. just said is, it's like, it's like Rocky, man. He had to hear that voice, and that's when he came up. Get up. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know about that. Um, but I still I take Pac-Man in that fight. Um, they're talking about it being later on. I think they're talking about it being like November. Right. Which means that November is going to be an action-packed uh a month for fighting because that's when that Kovalev Ward fight's going to happen and I plan to be in attendance in that fight that's going to be a good fight I really think that's going to be a good one um, but yeah you know it just bothers me because I would love to know I remember them saying that the NBA was going to start testing for uh, HGH and I never heard anything else about it which, sure they are yeah that's uh, you know because I think a lot of those guys are a lot of those guys are a little suspect but the NBA, what they are going to do, from what you told me, lay this on me. Uh, the, the NBA is supposed to be funding healthcare. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, supposed to be uh, funding healthcare now. So it's all based on tenure. So if you've been in the league for three years now, I guess you're going to be up for healthcare for the rest of your life, which is awesome. You know that uh, who is it? Chris Paul and uh, who else is a commissioner uh, or um, the representative? LeBron James. You have the player union. That's that's awesome, man. Wait, I'm lost though. So if, as of right now, if you're in the NBA, you don't get healthcare. I think that they get health. They have health care, but once you're not in the league anymore, you don't get health care. Not even as a part of your pension? I don't think so, because this is what is supposed to be the big issue is about this. You know, they're actually going to get 
healthcare. And I, hopefully it'll be for the, some of those older guys, you know, because they were talking about. They're going to backdate it? Uh-huh, like if you like were ever Darryl in Dawkins the Dawkins and all those guys who've been, you know, been dying. Because I, I do you believe that. dying young, too. Yeah, because they, don't have, they didn't have healthcare. So they can't, you know, help themselves out. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I would love to get some confirmation on that. Yeah. That's a not confirmation that they're going to pay for it. I'm sure they wouldn't announce it if they weren't going to do it. But confirmation that that's what's been going on. Well, which one do you believe is worse, boxing or football? Because football does the same thing. They don't have anything. You know, all these guys are basically taken out on the stretcher. F- football players don't get health care or anything after their thing is over. You, you know, that's it. I would have to go with boxing just because the, the, the fact of the matter is in football, if you're taking the punishment, you probably got a league at the minimum for a year in the league. It's a lot of guys that just fight and they fight for a long time and they have long records, you know, 43 and – 17 stuff like that and they just got pounded and beat down for somebody else's like the guys that they choose to be the uh the guys that they choose to be the 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 punching bag for all of the new guys coming up uh-huh. so you know what i mean if you're if you're that punching bag for the new dudes coming up right. and you just get beat down right uh, you beat the crap out of him and next thing you know what's what's goes on with that guy that guy fought for 20 grand or 15 grand yeah, it's bad news, man. That's true, but you know, you talk about the guys who are on the lower tier in the NFL. You know, their money's not guaranteed either. What is oh it? yeah, I mean, you got high tier guys who are just recently now, exactly. you know, just getting their money guaranteed. So when you finish up with CTE or any other injury, I mean, look at Phil Jackson's hips. <laughs> I mean, the dude has a hard time getting off the bench when he was a coach. He he had a hard time flying and everything. And I don't know if he had insurance. Like he, I'm sure he had insurance, but I don't think that it came from the NBA. Huh. I'm I'm this is all new to me I didn't know you know uh uh I didn't know that wow that's that's it says the plan will reportedly tap 10 to 15 million dollars per year from the player's share of the nearly 3 billion that ESPN and TNT are paying annually for the league's broadcast rights over the coming decade wow yeah it's good news. That is good news. But what was bad news is what Russell Westbrook and how he felt about Kevin Durant leaving and, and Durant giving him the whoa, giving him the switcherooski. <laughs> That's dirty, man. What do you think that what's going on with this generation? That's this it. to me is a microcosm of the same function that makes you want to tape your boy talking about running around on his fiance. It doesn't make any sense. I just think that these younger guys just don't have any kind of, uh, you know, they, they sell out quick. I mean. If I had a conversation with you and you said, hey, I'm not doing a podcast anymore, I'm, I'm going to do the podcast, and then you pull out and say, oh, no, and I, I, I go and tap into Stitcher and, hey, this dude's doing doing Ozone, and I'm not even on it anymore. What's going on? It's pretty terrible. I think it's a bad analogy but <laughs> because it? it wasn't direct and it was kind of roundabout. <laughs> Hopefully the viewers are still awake. Uh, the listeners are still awake. But, yeah, but I just don't understand. I don't understand because Westbrook has made it clear now that, hey, I was under the impression that he was going to resign and that we were going to go for it. Well, and you know what? Fuel to the fire. Westbrook is on one now, and I really appreciate that. He said that he's staying, and and basically he's going to turn it around. And this is his opportunity to show what he's all about. It's his team, period. I tell you what, and what's funny about that is as we're typing this, I'm getting a notice that says he refutes the report of the promise. Is that Kevin, Kevin Durant is literally saying, I never said that. What are you talking about? I didn't mean that. I meant I never told Wes, Russell. I meant that we had great barbecue in OKC. <laughs> I didn't mean that I was staying to play. I meant let's go to dinner. Wow. Unbelievable, This these young guys. Well, it's coming soon because all of these sports run into each other, so it's uh, 
It's not a. It's not going to be a long time. Will be thrown. Uh, no, no. I think everybody's too soft now to actually throw any punches. Westbrook doesn't seem to me to be a soft. Cat. I don't believe that either. I believe <laughs> that. I, not soft. I, I believe that Russell Westbrook. If somebody is going to chunk him, it's going to be him. Yeah. Uh, if he can get out of his tight clothes. But, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but then again, wear tight shorts though. No, no, no. But you know, and I think he just got married. So uh, one love to Russ. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. That's uh, good for that young man. It is good for him. Really good for him. And you know what would be good for you? What? A promo code for the 5-4 Club. Oh, sounds good. Did you know that for $60 a month, minus 50% off of that for your first couple months, if you use promo code Omar, you can receive a box of professionally curated clothes every single month. Okay? It's huge. Believe me. It's going to work. Okay? Believe me. You get shorts for the summer. You get button downs and sweaters for the winter. They got you covered. 54club.com. Go over there. You're going to get clothes worth triple what you pay. It's not a gimmick, folks. It's real. We look sharp right now. It is real, you know, and I'm not a great dresser, but with 54, <laughs> but with 54, I don't have to really think about it. I'm I'm all in. That that's that's yeah. the key. That's the key. Moving on, we got some sad news to report. I, I a story is broken that I feel like hasn't gotten enough uh burn really, which is Dennis Green. Right. Uh, uh, literally the 90s most winningest coach in the NFL passed away. And nobody's speaking on it, huh? No, not enough I, people. And you know, I, I feel I, like they spoke on it. It just wasn't over the top. Yeah, it wasn't over the top. And I, I mean, it was pretty big news when he got his job. I feel like it was bigger news when he busted into the league as a head coach. Especially with Randy Moss. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you kidding? Over the top. He's a great, uh, you know, evaluator of talent. He sure was, and you know, my co-star on Ballers, John David Washington, gave him credit on SportsCenter with, uh, with, with. He was, I guess, he was the, I think, the defensive coordinator for the Rams when he was on the practice squad, and he was talking about how he was a players' coach, how great it was to just be around him and play for him, and how exactly what you're saying is that he was a great evaluator of talent, which is, you know, it's just unfortunate. The guy really gave his life to the game and also to the community. Every summer he held camps for kids in the inner city. You know, he, he he created a community day for the team and for for the team to connect with the city. I just wanted to take a second and, give, you know, give a little love out to Coach Green. Right. Was it a coronary issue? I don't know what uh, actually took him out the game. and uh, But I know he was young, you know, for, right. for when he went. Relatively young. But 67 years old. Rest in power, my brother. Rest in power. Staying in the NFL, though, we got an invite this weekend. I didn't even tell you about this, Icons. What is it? We have an invite to drive down to the beautiful yet boring city of Irvine, California, (laughs) and go visit the Rams camp. Ooh, Ty Gurleyville. Come on. The L.A. Rams are back, baby. Rams. Ram time. Not in Anaheim, but in Los Angeles. Good old L.A. I think it's Ram time, and I think I'm down. I think I'm down with Ram time. You know what? I'm I'm sticking with the Raiders, uh, and this is actually I don't know why, but a great year to root for the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Sure, it is. We'll see. Sure. But I don't even want to go into to how many moves we've made, <laughs> which mean nothing. But Ram time is coming to L.A., and I want to figure out. I want to get the inside scoop beforehand. I'm thinking about going out there, taking a couple snaps. I heard there's a oh. position. Hose uh, feeling good, huh? Uh, Hose is feeling good. Are, are you getting on that line, that O-line? I might have to give him a little Charles Green out there. I'd love to get some feedback. How you guys are feeling about Baller Season 2 so far, actually? That would be good to know as well. Um, speaking of the O-line. But, yeah, so we have that invite. I'm very interested to see what kind of moves they make. You see Nick Foles got cut. 
And uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? How can team morale must be coming to a new city like Los Angeles, California? Oh, you got to be fired up, dude. And ready to go. The only problem with Los Angeles is the extracurricular activity out here. It's been known to, to take br- a to young man to down. bring you down. What? Yeah, you have to pay attention. You have to focus. You have to on focus. your focus, as yes. they say in the Bay. Yeah, you definitely have to see. Uh, it's too much going on out here. So if we can keep you focused, keep your mind on the field, especially when you can afford it. Right. When you get granted access to everything that Los Angeles has to offer, it has been very difficult for many of athletes. To stay focused on their career and the ultimate goal, which is winning. Right. Which, strangely enough, ironically enough, gives you more access to the things that would distract you more. Exactly. I mean, come on, man. It's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. Uh, and hopefully it's a vicious cycle of winning that the Rams can usher in. Well, I think that this quarterback is going to be serious. He, it, it, they invested a lot in him. And you have a young Ty Gurley, a fresh Gurley for the whole season. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? I'll take a fresh Gurley. To go. You want a number three? Yeah, I want a number three okay. here, actually. Let's make it for here. Let's make it for L.A. And you got it, bub. Wow. And and speaking of a fresh girly, <laughs> how about <laughs> number 99, Warren Sapp, getting bit in the arm by a shark? That's crazy, right? What about that? I mean, Did he bite him back? Can things get any worse for Big Warren? Right, what's going on, Sap? Sap's my man. Every time you see him, Sap's a cool dude. Sap's the kind of guy that bugs it out everywhere you go. <laughs> so you always have to be on your guard because Sap's coming through the club, barreling people, talking loud, cussing. He's doing the Sap, and he's giving you great University of Miami work. <laughs> but uh, but I don't want to see him ate up by a shark. No, you know. But it was just a little bit. I think that uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing big. No, just, no, no. He no, got no. bit by a shark, dude. It wasn't big. Hey, he, just... he was lobstering out there. <laughs> And then, then they they got him on the arm. He put a photo up on uh, on on IG on the gram, and they, they said that the shark wanted the lobster just as bad as Sap did. <laughs> <laughs> but Sap got that lobster. I see you, Sap. I, he I, ain't good that day. I think that he's probably had worse pain than that shark bite. Honestly, I'm sure. I mean, uh, this is part of the problem. I'm sure he wasn't always bugging it out. This is this uh. is the nature of football. It's the nature of football, but the nature of what. Oh, you know what? The last thing I want to speak about what? there, though, is in in going away from football because we've been teetering back and forth between football and basketball. How about Amari Stoudemire checking? Uh, not checking out. I mean, he didn't die. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I just gave you the Deontay Why? Wilder. Uh, he shouldn't be in jail Wilder for murder. Did Wilder catch up with him? He caught him on the juice. <laughs> he caught Amari on the juice. <laughs> I'm the executioner. Him. Wait a minute, Deontay. You're on the juice. You got to stand uh, before Wilder. It's, ooh, that'll be terrible. <laughs> Uppercut. Um, yeah, Amari Stoudemire, veteran of the league. I'm going to go out. I, I, you know what? I saw Amari in his last season. The farewell stop of his tour was in Miami. And uh, I saw him a lot last season. Nicest guy. Really cool dude. I just wonder. I'll go out on. on I'm willing to say it. I think Amari Stoudemire has a career. When you look at the snapshot of his career, when you saw the potential of what he could do in Phoenix, I'm going to go out and say as a career, he was an underachiever. Really? Yeah, because he had... In my opinion, he had the potential to be an all-time great. And really, I feel like Mike D'Antoni held him back. Mike D'Antoni <laughs> holds everybody back in the game of football. I mean, <laughs> wow, basketball, really? football and basketball. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I Actually, I don't feel that way because Mike D'Antoni is good at evaluating what your skill set is and how that can work within his system. And that's his job as a coach. But, but I don't think he works. ever – I don't think that he ever – 
developed other skill sets. Once D'Antoni left Phoenix, once Steve Nash slowed down a little bit, Amari was never the same dude. And I know he had a lot of injuries and whatnot. You know, they they made it pretty deep in the playoffs a few times. Um, he was a very big reason that Steve Nash won those MVPs, in my opinion. Um, or at I least one of them. I think one of the biggest things that hurt him is that he fell in love with the jumper. I don't feel like big men should fall in love with the jumper still, especially back then. He has to, you know, have more post moves and everything. Especially in the West. Yeah. He's playing every night against Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. and that, and that was, type, and Carl Malone. All shooting that. jumpers and threes and things like that. You know, and I wonder, though, because to me, I felt like he fell in love with the jumper just after he lost his athletic ability to just rise up and smash on people. Because for a while, he had the crazy hops. Did I mean... Amari would drop it on you. He really will. And you know his his dimensions. He weren't. He wasn't that humongous big man. He he had the you know the athletic ability. He kind of shaped like LeBron James, low key. Yeah, low key, a little bit bigger. He just yeah, he, he just did, didn't have the didn't have the skill set, if you will, uh, to complement that. But yeah, you know what? Good for him. I hope he rides off into the sunset, uh, championship free, and I hope he doesn't deal with Anderson Financial. So that he doesn't lose his money. <laughs> I hope he takes care of himself and his things, you know, and lives a good life. Because I know when I saw him down in Miami, he was eating good. Life was good for him. Why not? Life is good. And I tell you what else is good. What? Is the trade deadline coming up for Major League Baseball. It's crazy, but there's not a lot of big names out there. But you know what? There's a lot of small moves that are being made that could pay big dividends. Right? Complimentary. Yeah, you know, Andrew Kashner just got traded and so did Rhea, but... They're acting like it's not a big deal. I heard some guys on uh, MLB TV actually talking about uh, on MLB Network talking about uh, some scouts talking about how Andrew Cashman never really showed him anything and how he felt like he's not it's not really a win for the Marlins and he's a Marlins fan but he's not too excited about it. And I think that Don Mattingly must have played a role in this because if you live on the West Coast and if you watched a lot of Padre games over the past say six seven years. Hey, man, Andrew Cashman was an ace for a good amount of time. Man, he's a real deal, but, you know, he has an injury, uh, injury history. But other than that, man, when he's not injured, the, the guy is nice. He throws in the upper 90s. He's a big man. I think he's like 6'4", 6'5", right? I think right? he's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he's been carving the past few games. He's been giving you quality starts. Which means... <laughs> which leads me to believe that, that he knew that he was auditioning for a lot of these other clubs that he wanted to get traded to. Right. And I feel like that's a pick. To me, it's a great pickup for the. I think both guys are a great pickup, especially because they traded Jared Cozart. Yeah, and some minor leaguers. Yeah, the minor leaguers not proven. They're not proven, and Jared Cozart has been in the show up and down, and it seems like he can't get himself together despite having wicked stuff. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. I think that Cashner, he gets down there, he gets around those young guys, he and starts he gets feeling a, the love. Yeah, and a winning attitude. Come on, they just got D Gordon back. Come on, dude. I mean, they, they can it's make go a, time. They can make a nice run. The Mets. Aren't you know they they're really banged up, so I don't think that the Mets are going to be able to su- sustain that. I think the Mets are going to fade pretty quickly, to be yeah. honest. And, the and I think the Nationals are on fuego. I was right just now. about to say, I think the Nationals are going to stretch out their league in the East uh, over everybody except for the Marlins. Yeah, because the Marlins are about to get Justin Bohr back, and they're going to have their whole team. It's going to be hard to beat the Marlins. And, and Ichiro just yeah. keeps on hitting. And Don knows what he's doing. Yep, Donnie Baseball man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's some exciting times. What do you think about Chapman going to the Cubs? We've been talking all year about the Cubs having a suspect bullpen. Well, they yeah, just made now, a major move to shore up that bullpen. That's probably the biggest move of the, the trades, you know, and Chapman is dominant. I mean, the guy throws like 100 and something Yeah, at the back end. I mean, what are you going to do? He closes the game down. you got to come in there and see him, what, four batters maybe, six at the most? Max, yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, and Shut the you, door. you don't get to see him often enough to time him. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Party's over, except for the ticker tape that can go on in <laughs> in Chicago. Right, but you know the the Cubs. They're still they're above average, but they're not the elite. Uh, the Giants are struggling right now, but once the Giants get their winning streak back, the Giants are still going to be the team. to Giants beat. are struggling. Why do you think the Giants are struggling? Every team goes through it, just like the Cubs just went through it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about. The, the aces struggling. You're talking about quite, and you know what though? Not really struggling in the sense that, uh, you know, Bumgarner gave up two, I think over eight, something like that. And Quato gave up one or two over eight. So yeah. it wasn't, no, actually gave up three. He gave, gave up three, but the offense is not clicking right now. They got, they, they need Hunter Pence yeah, desperately. And, it, and, and he's they coming need back Joe this Panic. weekend and they just got Nunez as well. They just traded for Nunez, uh-huh. which is big. Uh-huh. That's a complimentary move that I think is yeah. big. And if he if they can get him in the clubhouse to be a clubhouse guy to buy into the you know, into the, the team concept of the Giants, he can be a big deal. Well, I think that's one of the worst moves that the Yankees have ever done by getting rid of that guy because they really need him now. That guy can play everywhere on the field besides catching and they got rid of him for nothing. For dirt cheap. Got him out to Minnesota. Right. And he's been playing shortstop for Minnesota. And their biggest claim about him was that he couldn't play defense. But yeah. He obviously, did, he did that play, wasn't he true. Did, he did play sloppy defense, though. But it couldn't be any worse than what they're getting now, except for D.D. Gregorius. Yeah. Well, D.D. D.D. gives you great, yeah, he's got great shortstop. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. A lot of baseball going down. And we got a big series coming up this weekend that I'm pumped up about with between the Orioles and the Blue Jays, who are not revamped, but who have Joey Bats back. And I think it's going to take a little bit for him to get himself together. But that these you have to believe there's going to be a lot of runs scored up there north of the border this week, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and Toronto's the place <laughs> to score them. I mean, wow, it's about to be Battlestar Galactica out there. And I'm telling you, that East, that NL East is very, very tight. I still it's like t- Boston. I know. but I like the Orioles. I wish the Orioles had one more pitcher. I mean, the top, even the Yankees are only six games back, and they're really doing it with, with bubble gum and uh, duct tape. I still have to take Texas or Houston because they have pitching and the other big horses don't. And when it comes down to it, pitching is going to be the difference. Nobody says it, but Cole Hamels realistically maybe the best pitcher in baseball right now. Did he now. struck out 10 or 11 last night? And this is the second time, and it's what we were talking about, how hard it is for all of the pitchers uh, to face the same lineup within the same week. I think it's like the third time he's faced the Royals in the past three <laughs> they weeks. like they've never seen and him before. guess what? <laughs> they still can't hit that changeup change or that big curve. And he got just enough cheese. Just enough. Just enough to keep you yeah, off balance. And he balance. knows how to pitch. That's what he doesn't. He's not a thrower. He's a pitcher. I'm going to tell you who don't be surprised if they creep because they're making their move now are the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, they are. they are looking crazy nice. The St. Louis Cardinals – are a winning organization. They know how to win games. They know when to get hot. And that was a big team win. They had a comeback win against the Mets. Two nights in a row, I think they busted up Familia. Oh, no, no, one, one. night. They got Familia. And then they went down to Miami and, Jose and shocked Jose Fernandez at home, who never loses at home, right. relatively. Yeah, his velo wasn't up, though, as, as it is normally. He was like 93. I saw him get up to 97, 98 a couple of times. But usually he comes out the gate, man, 97, 98. And yeah. but when he did throw it though, that kid, the shortstop Diaz that the St. Louis Cardinals has, he turned it around, man. He, he put wasn't it in the impressed. Open. He was not impressed. He wasn't impressed with his cheese. It was not uh, brie. <laughs> what was it? Gouda? <laughs> it might have been a little gouda, but you never know. Oh man, what a day! Well, folks, we're gonna leave you with this edition of the Ozone. Had a really good time with you. We hope you enjoyed. The only other thing I wanted to add really quickly was about, uh, just in in general, a general note. 
<laughs> about the Rio Olympics being an absolute and total disaster. Debacle. <laughs> Debacle huh? What is going on? Why, who? I want to know who's the commissioner who says, you know what? Rio is the place we need to do the Olympics. All of these cities put in these crazy bids. Somebody's got to be getting paid under the table. We always find out that somebody got paid maybe 10, 15 years. We'll be in rocking chairs. and like, oh, I knew he got paid. <laughs> that <laughs> damn it. That Rio. <laughs> I, would, I just wish it was me. Right? I'm just well, why don't they pay me? I was Rio. Sounds good. But then it sounds like also that the other country's a little bit bitter, so they start throwing out the Zika thing and all the other things. Russia had a terrible Olympic. Russ Sochi. Yeah. Sochi had a I used to know a girl named Sochi. Nice Sochi name. had a it's a nice name. Um Sochi had a terrible winter Olympics. Now yeah. we're gonna follow it up with a terrible summer Olympics. Right. Where most of the athletes that you want to see aren't even gonna be there. Yeah. And now, they're not the athletes are refusing to move into the Olympic the, village. Right. Which are the dorms, pretty much. Which are pretty much the dorms. <laughs> yeah. And they're bringing in their own construction crews and everything to, I mean, come on, dude. We got to have some running water. We got to have some running water. And we can't do the Olympic outdoor water games in uh, polluted <laughs> waters. Why? This is a bad look. Yeah. But how much do you think it is uh, of rhetoric or is it, do you think? I don't think it's, I mean, you're really big on the conspiracy theories with Freddie Roach wanting to mistrain Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, I just threw it out there. I mean, I just, yeah, because <laughs> it's boxing. Boxing's dirty. We all know that. I don't think, I don't think the I've way that boxing, boxing is dirty. I've been watching boxing for at least 200 years and it's always been dirty except when Jack Johnson fought. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Fisticuffs. Yeah. And Freddie Roach is, and, and, and on top of that, Manny's going to sit there and be like, this is a good idea. It's a really Wait. good idea. You trust him. Oh, man. The icons. I don't know what's wrong with you. Folks, you enjoy your weekend out there in the world. This is Omar Miller here from the Ozone. I'm going to leave you with a quote from George Eliot to that. It is never too late to be who you might have been. Don't give up, folks. Live your life. Go get it. And we promise you another edition of the Ozone coming at you soon, where we tell it how it is and how we think it should be. The Ozone. Unfair and partial sports. Peace.